You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to episode number 24 of the Savvy Social Podcast. I'm so excited today because we're talking with Britt Colo. Now, Britt, I've been following Britt on social media for a while now, and I noticed in October of 2018 that she took an entire month off from her business and from social media, and I was blown away by how flawlessly she pulled it off. I was quite impressed. So I knew I just had to have her on the podcast to talk all about it because I know we all strive to take some time off uh, from the from the work that we do, and uh, I really liked how she pulled it off. Um, so we're going to talk about that today, how she was able to prepare her team for the time off, prepare her clients, how she prepped all of her blog posts, all of her social media posts, and she did a webinar in the time that she was off, which is ugh, just amazing. Um, so a little bit about Brit. Brit Colo is the creator of Marketing Personalities Type Framework at marketingpersonalities.com. Through her framework designed to match you with your best marketing strategy based on your Myers-Briggs personality type, she's here to shake up your approach to marketing and inspire you to grow your business in a feel-good way. Meet Brit and get ready to go deep, find your true self, and get that business of yours without feeling fake and salesy at marketingpersonalities.com. Now, now, before we dive into today's interview, I do want to remind you that you can also grab the Savvy Social Framework, which is a free course. It teaches you how to get started on social media, how to streamline some of the things that we talk about in today's episode. Uh, so you can grab that course by going to onlinedrea.com slash free. Now, that link will be in the show notes, so you can grab it there as well. And uh, that will give you a really good foundation for creating a strategy that works for you. All right, let's dive into this interview. Hi, Britt. Welcome to the show. Andrea, thank you so much for having me. I am so happy that you're here. Um, I was kind of creeping you online a little bit uh, before this, and I noticed that you took a sabbatical, and I'm so curious about it because your online presence was flawless while you were gone, and I want all of the secrets. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what led up to the sabbatical and how you prepared your social media for that time that you took off? Sure. Yeah. So I took the month of October off this year, 2018. And the reason I did that was because I was getting married at the be in the beginning of the month. And then I went on a pretty long honeymoon. And then at that point, once I got back from the honeymoon, I only had about a week and a half left before the beginning of November. And uh, I looked at that about 10 months out. And I, I thought, well, geez, I mean, why not just take the rest of it, the rest of the month off? I mean, why not? Right. That was back when I had stars in my eyes and I didn't realize what that really meant. <laughs> and so I, I started planning to just take the entire month off and see how that would be. Definitely some hesitations to doing it, but all in all, um, what really helped me go for it was uh, I was on a mastermind call and I was kind of running through like, should I really take the entire month off? Should I not? I'm not really sure. And 
one of the people on the mastermind call asked me, you know, if you were to take the entire month off, what message would that send to your audience? And my immediate response was, oh, that's going to give them permission to take time off too, right? It's going to be like, oh, wait, she took an entire month off. Maybe I can take this the weekend off, right? <laughs> because um, I, know, I know I have a lot of people in my audience just like me who find it difficult to take time off. So when that question was posed to me, I immediately realized, oh, okay, wait, this can be bigger than me. I'm not being, you know, I kind of had this inner voice like, oh, this kind of feels selfish to take a whole month off. That's, that might put more pressure on my team. That might, you know, be hard for my clients, all the reasons. But then once I realized that it could give other people the permission to take some time off in their business and see what came of that time off, I was I was in, I was hooked. And so I did, I dedicated, I committed to taking the entire month off. And so I, I made that decision about 10, 11 months out from October, 2018. And then, I mean, business kept going, right? I mean, it just continued. It, I was busy. I had things to do. I wasn't really thinking about it. Not to mention I was planning a wedding and, you know, the whole huge uh, deadline of that and, and the countdown. And eventually I got to about July <laughs> of this uh -huh. year. So about three months out and I realized, Oh, Hey, <laughs> I've been telling everyone that I'm going to take this month off and people, I mean, really there was accountability built in. I couldn't just be like, okay, never mind. I'm not going to take the whole month off because I'm not ready for it. It was no, like people were counting on me to do this. And we're excited about it. And so that is when I really started to prepare was July 2018. Um, and the first thing that I did was I had already talked to my assistant and, and she already knew that it was coming, but I hadn't really gotten her ready yet. And so July was when I started to set the groundwork of like, okay, this is what I'm going to expect you to do while I'm gone. I don't have really any great systems in place right now for you to do any of that. <laughs> um, uh, on you know the the new things that weren't that weren't things that she was already doing, um, but just know that that's coming at that's going to come at you, uh, and then you know let's be a team and make sure that we have this on lock. I really like that you um, took the time to prepare your team. Even if you didn't have systems in place, you just mentally were like, hey guys, this thing is going to happen. So I don't know how it's going to look yet, but here are some things that I want you to do. I think that's really powerful just to kind of get things started, um, even if you don't have a, a physical plan yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I will say, uh, in case one of your listeners is thinking, oh, okay, I don't have an assistant. I don't have a team. So therefore I can just stop listening and a sabbatical isn't even possible for me. Um, please don't stop listening. <laughs> I could have done this without a team. I really could have done this without a team. I chose to have my assistant. Um, I, I mean, I could have, I, I could have crammed and, and gotten a whole bunch of things ready ahead of time 
and then had no one do anything during the month of October. But what I chose is to keep my assistant on, keeping her doing whatever she was doing regularly. And I asked her to manage my inbox, um, which I thought was going to be a much bigger deal than it ended up being. Uh, and I think we, she and I both can now at now after we've gone through the month off, we recognize both that like, you know what, nothing really that pressing came in. I mean, all of the things, because everyone knew that it was coming, all the things that came in could have easily been handled in November and no one would have had like a conniption, but she was there. She was able to provide that quicker customer service and it was all good, but um, it's definitely not something you have to wait to do. Once you have a team, you can, you can do this without one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other than getting her in my inbox and knowing what to do there, uh, I, as you mentioned, I prepared all of my social media content um, prior to October. And and, um, so while I wasn't, showing up live in my Instagram stories. I was still showing up with Instagram posts and Facebook posts and emails to my subscribers. And I also held a recorded webinar while I was gone as well. So it was all automated. It was all scheduled ahead of time. Um, so it could be working while I wasn't. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that really was where the bulk of the work was to make that happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I think the, the hardest part is to get started with all of that. Um, and just the fact that you kind of spoke it into existence really, really um, mm-hmm. is inspiring. I'm inspired. I want to take a month off. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about um, the planning aspects. So I want to talk about specifics. I want all the juicy details. Mm-hmm. So when it came to the social media posts, um, what do you use to schedule your posts and what did that process look like? Okay. Awesome. Let's get, let's go there. So how I always schedule my social media is on a month by month basis. I always schedule an entire month of content ahead of time. So this wasn't like the first time I ever did that. I had been doing that months prior. So it was essentially just doing what I had been doing uh, and knowing that I wouldn't have any live interaction with my audience. Um, So my messaging might change a little bit um, because I wasn't live and I had to continue to remind people that, hey, I'm not actually here. This was scheduled uh, sort of thing. But So I schedule everything primarily for Instagram in Planoply. How do I say that? Planoply. There we go. Uh, And then then I take my Instagram posts and any that can also be put on Facebook. Because sometimes, I mean, they're kind of different audiences. So sometimes I don't mirror image everything over to Facebook. But for the ones that do... Uh, belong on Facebook, I simply copy and paste and I schedule those in Facebook, um, right within, within Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I use Planoly and how I also have always done my social media content. It's, it's based on the blog content and the topic of the month, um, 
first and foremost. So I'm grabbing text from my blog posts that are already written for the month. And I'm splicing that out over the course of the month to keep people engaged, learning about that topic, and then ultimately leading them to signing up for the webinar that I'm holding that month. That's how my content always works. Um, So that didn't change. I just had to copy and paste, schedule it out. uh, And then that webinar was pre-recorded and um, made available for a short window of time. Uh, the replay then was made available as well. And then, I mean, same thing as I always do, but it, it just wasn't live that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, I think there's magic in what you said there when you said you, you plan, first of all, on a monthly basis, planning is so important. Um, whether it's weekly, monthly, yearly, you got to have a plan. And then I love how you said you, you, essentially reuse your content. You take that blog post, you take bits and pieces, you create social media out of it. Um, Most of it goes on Instagram, whatever is relatable to Facebook, you copy and paste over there. Your system is excellent. So I really want to highlight that because I know uh, some of my listeners are struggling with creating their own systems, creating something that works for them and something that doesn't take up all of their time because they're thinking of content pieces from scratch every single time. So you've got a system that kind of bounces off of each other, with it, which I love. Um, for the webinar, is your webinar topic also tie into that, that system? So your blogs are on the same topic as the webinar or are they separate? Yes, they're all, I have a monthly topic and that is what the blog posts are about. And then the webinar comes in and gives another, that kind of like next level amount of information that someone needs to actually put into play, whatever they've been learning throughout the month through the blog posts. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the, uh, in October, I believe it was all about content strategy and, (laughs) which is meta, right? (laughs) But uh, it was all about content strategy. So they got one blog post the first week of the month um, about really the, the, the basics. And like, let's just all get on the same page here about what I'm talking about, what content strategy is, what it isn't, that sort of thing. The second week of the month, I started to bring them into my process and kind of gave them a couple first nuggets of wisdom and some first steps to get into play. And then I really work them through my exact content strategy process in the webinar, which happens the third week of the month. Um, so yeah, so again, it's all, it's all the same topic, just step-by-step, uh, in that, in that format. And then that's what you see on social media as well. And then once, I mean, once I've copied and pasted some of the blog content to get them, keep them learning, keep them engaged, get them into the webinar. then I just sprinkle in any other relevant thing. So some, some, sometimes it's content. I would say uh, 60% of my social media content a month is based on that topic that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then the other 40% is it's just sprinkled in personal things like, hey, this is me. This is what I do. Uh, some real basic things about my actual business, marketingpersonalities.com and where to go if you've never heard of me before, because there's always new audience members that have no idea who I am Mm -hmm. Um, and other fun things, you know, whatever. And and if those fun things don't come in, it's okay. Sometimes I have the bandwidth to come up with, with uh, new stuff and sometimes I don't. So, you know, that's, that's okay. 
Yeah, totally. I totally relate to that because you can't do all the things all the time. Um, And I'm glad you brought up marketingpersonalities.com because I think that, um, well, first of all, everyone should go take the test. I thought I was an INTP and I am an INFP. F, wait, no, an IN. Oh, Oh, yeah, INFP. Um, Okay. So I was thinking wrong all this time. So definitely take your test so you can brush up on what you are. Um, But I do think that helps when it comes to creating our content, when it comes to planning it out. Um, So can you talk a little bit about that? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with that question, but um, can you talk a little bit about how our marketing personalities help us plan out content so that we can take sabbaticals and things like that? Yes, definitely. So first of all, know what your marketing personality type is so you know what your best marketing strategy includes right that's that's the whole idea of the website and what i what i give you there um so i'm going to have to assume that most of your audience is uh, they they have marketing personality types that are conducive to creating content period i mean for social, for blog, whatever it is, um, their content type of people. Um, whereas some of the marketing personality types are not right. So that's one thing. Go find out what your type is and see what your best marketing strategy includes based on your personality type. And then when it comes to scheduling and preparing for even honestly, I say sabbatical and yeah, I took a month off, but I, even just being able to take the weekend off. Mm-hmm. I mean, for real, like let's get real about the the reality of a lot of our situations. Uh, how do, how can we, how can we take every single weekend off? How can we take maybe a, a week off? Um, and then if you want to go as far as taking a month long sabbatical or even longer, go for it. Um, but when it comes to scheduling and planning for time off, a couple things that I've recognized is some personality types are simply better at organizing and planning than others. Okay. So, uh, I know for sure that the, um, there are four personality types that are part of the Sentinel tribe and they're really, really good at organization. These people probably will easily plan and schedule things easier than probably anybody else. So those are ISTJ, ISFJ, ESTJ, and ESFJ. Okay. Those are the Sentinels. They're so good at organization. They're going to plan this stuff out. They're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody else, and I'm not, I'm not in that group, right? I'm an ENFJ. You're an INFP. So we're in the diplomat group. That doesn't always, the organization doesn't always happen for us. We always start with why and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing that I know about the personality type and how this might play out and how you schedule and plan for this is specific to what the last letter in your personality type is. It's either going to be a J or a P. Again, if you don't know what your type is yet, don't worry. Um, go to 16personalities.com, find out what your Myers-Briggs personality type is, and then you'll know exactly what we're talking about here. <laughs> um, but if your personality type ends with a J, that uh, that J stands for judging and 
it's not a bad thing. This one has kind of a bad rap, but it's definitely not a bad thing. If yours ends with a J, you find it a bit easier and more natural to set boundaries and, uh, and stick with a routine. You don't resist routine quite as much as a personality type that ends with a P. Um, P stands for perceiver. And these, if yours ends with a P, you tend to be more, more open-minded and therefore maybe resist routine a little bit because routine feels like you're like restrictive mm. and you're a little looser with your boundaries. So this really comes into play when you're planning and scheduling things. Um, J's find it, can find it easier to show up on a regular basis. Uh, maybe with their social media content or writing blogs. And maybe it's more of like a weekly thing that they can kind of get into a flow or even a daily thing. And they don't resist that routine quite as much. Meanwhile, a P, oof, showing up daily, it just feels totally impossible usually. Um, and showing up weekly even sometimes is difficult as well. When they can, when a P can at least get into some sort of batching routine, I find them to progress and grow their businesses so much better if they don't, than if they don't batch mm -hmm. without a solid batching. I mean, yeah, that's a routine for them, but it's not a daily or a weekly thing. They do it more on a monthly basis. It doesn't feel as hard. Mm -hmm. So J's, if your if your um, personality type ends with a J, you might be in a daily or a weekly routine right now. And to take an entire month off, you might need to get into a flow, a monthly flow of things to actually put this into play. So you don't have to show up every single day or every single week. Mm -hmm. And then for the people whose types end with a P, um, if you're not yet in a monthly batching schedule for most of your stuff, I, I, I just on a regular basis, like let's do that. Cause you're probably going to feel a lot better. And that's, that's why marketing personalities.com exists. It's to help you feel good about your marketing strategy. And so, uh, get into that monthly batching routine. And then that's just going to set you up for major success down the line. If you ever do want to take an extended period of time off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're speaking to me. I usually do my stuff on a <laughs> weekly batch and I think I need to try out monthly batching again. Um, I know for me, it's just, I, I, I struggle with it because I have a hard time looking that far ahead, um, especially when it comes to creating content. I like to just mm -hmm. feel that creativity <laughs> instead of feeling yes. the pressure to, to get it done. So oh, that's so me. Um, all right. I'm going to yeah, try that's it your, That's your P. And you know what? I'll, I'll speak into that really quick, Andre, because I'm sure some of your listeners are feeling that same way. Like being that your type ends with a P, you still want to stay open to your creative you know, flow because, uh, well, if you, if you schedule something for the last week of the month and it's the, it's the first week of the month, you're scheduling something. You're like, well, but maybe that's not really what I'm going to want to talk about that, that week. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Um, so the beauty of batching monthly is it at least gives you some content to start with. It reduces the pressure off of your creativity every day or every week. And so then what I find, and I have, I have one-on-one -on -one clients, uh, who are, whose types ends with end and P and what I encourage them to do 
is at least batch some at, at, at best, like batch at least 50% of your content for the month. And then the rest of the 50%, you can, you can just let your creative flow just take you there. That's totally okay. Um, but get yourself a little bit of structure in there. And then what you'll find, what I think you'll find, what I know my clients have found is that that just reduces the pressure off of you on a daily and weekly basis to have to come up with a great post or a great blog post or a great story or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, just enough. So your creative flow can be that much richer. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Hopefully that'll help. Yeah, definitely does. I think I know I'm going to test it out. And uh, listeners, if you test it out, feel free to DM myself or Britt and, and let us know how it goes. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple more curiosity questions about this, mostly again, because I kind of want to do this at some point. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, the preparation, just kind of taking a step back. For you talked about with your team, but what about with your clients? What are some of the things that you did uh, to make sure that your clients felt supported during your time off? And what did that look like? Yeah, so I had a few ongoing clients that uh, just, uh, just I knew would be in a contract in October, 2018. And so as soon as I decided that I was going to take that month off, and this was almost a year prior, but I let all of my clients at that time know, like, look, this is happening. And, and I was excited about it uh, and hoping that they would match that energy level, right? Because if you go in being like, Hey, like I'm going to take this time off and it, I don't know, like I'm kind of sketchy about it. I'm, I, and you, and you show your fear around it. Guess what your client's going to show their fear around it. But if you go in with excitement about it, they're, they're probably going to meet that excitement too. And if they might be a little slow to get to excitement, but they'll get there. Um, so I let those people know, those tried and true have been with me for a while. Like this is coming down the pike. It's going to be awesome. And don't worry. I mean, they were already loyal and trust, trusting in me already. And so, uh, I, I was met with nothing, but wow, that's awesome. I can't wait to watch you do this. Mm -hmm. And then from there, uh, I did just to be honest, I did have some worry around, what that would mean for trying to get new clients in, especially once you get to, you know, two or three months out, I usually work with clients for at least 90 days. And so when you, I was thinking like, once I get into July, August, September, anybody new coming in, I'm going to, before they get into their contract, I'm going to have to tell them, yo, I'm going to be gone in October. Mm. So be, you know, be aware. And so what I did in, in those cases was I, I was completely upfront about it within the discovery call. Like this is happening. It's not like it came in the proposal or even it, or after, like they knew about it way up front. And I went in with a plan. I said, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. This will be part of your contract. Should you decide to start now and not wait until after the sabbatical? And here's how we're going to, to deal with that month. Like this is the plan. And, and my plan uh, was to, I would show them exactly what milestone we would get to before my month off. And then I, I showed them what kind of homework, I called it homework, whatever, like other milestones that they could work on on their own mm. during that month off. So they, so they would still be making progress. And then we would, you know, 
hit it hard again once I came back in November. Mm-hmm. Um, so as in from my experience, this first experience, I would handle it the same exact way the next time with less fear because it was so interesting to watch people think like go into that conversation and ha- them have no worries at all. Like they were like, okay, that I get that. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's funny how people are really intrigued with this idea. Everybody wants to be able to take a month off. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're watching someone take a month off is intriguing, fascinating. They kind of, that's attractive. And, um, and the, uh, what I found was they were totally game. They, they, I don't think I talked with anybody that was, no, I didn't talk with anybody that was like completely turned off by it. And, um, and what I found, this is crazy. I, I did not expect this at all, but the closer I got to the month off, the more I was talking about it on social media, the more inquiries I got, they were like, Hey, like, I get that you're going to be gone and I really want to start in November or I really want to start in December or we have to start January 1st. Mm-hmm. And it's that funny little thing. I mean, I get it now, right? I, it's that funny little thing. Once you pull back a little bit and you're not as accessible, people want to take advantage and try to get to you when they can because they don't know if they'll get, be able to get to you later, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So by pulling back a little bit, it's it somehow raised, <laughs> uh, I don't know, raised the, the frequency of inquiries and how serious people were about working with me, which I mean, Hey, that's a great, <laughs> that was awesome. Personally. I thought that that was super cool. So, um, not expected, but I'll take it. Yeah, that is pretty epic. And I think it's just, that's how, um, you you did like a marketing tactic without even realizing it. It was just came from a really good right. place. And so I think that's why it worked um, because of your, just kind of your transparency about the whole thing. Um, so mm-hmm. after you, after you kind of took this time off, did you find that um, any, any, any differences in how you showed up on social media? Did you find it easier, harder to set some boundaries? Like what, what happened after you kind of took this time off and um, how are you seeing it play out in your day-to-day activities today? Yes. Thank you so much for asking this question because this is really, this is where I think it gets good. Um, the lessons that I've learned so far in this first practice. And it's really a practice of rest um, because this does not come naturally to me. Uh, I am, anyone who knows me knows that I, I do really love my work and I do really like to check things off lists and complete things and accomplish things. And that's just who I am. So when I went into this, I was still fearful that I would come back from my honeymoon and want to grab my MacBook and just start in. I I thought for sure that it would be really difficult to have, you know, once the honeymoon was over and I was just home and my new husband goes off to work and I, I had a whole, you know, week and a half just to do whatever I wanted, but not work. I thought for sure that I would just fall right back into work and that I would want to that like I wouldn't be able to hold myself back. Um, But the exact opposite was true. It was so liberating to not have to work. Um, 
it felt incredible. And it was actually hard for me to come back to work. the, The two days prior to my first day back, which was November 1st, they were really hard. And I did not expect that. I thought that I would be just biting at the bit to come back. And I was not. I was really enjoying the quiet, sacred space uh, that I had given myself. And I was, I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I, I didn't want it to come to an end. Um, but, you know, that was illuminating. That, that helped me become even more self-aware um, that maybe I'm not so much of a workaholic. Like, hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's, you know, what's going on there? And and so, uh, thankfully I, you know, I shared that I was feeling kind of the Sunday scaries, but times like a hundred <laughs> to come back to work, uh, with my mastermind group. And one of the women said, um, said, Hey, you know, like it, there's not really a, a, an end date here. How might you be able to blend what you've learned and your pace within your sabbatical into your work schedule. Like it, it doesn't necessarily have to go from zero to a hundred. Again, (laughs) you can blend this stuff. And that opened up my eyes. Oh my goodness. Yes, that's right. That's my next, that's the next thing that I need to, to practice is blending a sabbatical esque lifestyle with my work environment and my work schedule and how I go about work. And so that's, that's what I'm practicing right now and trying to figure out what that looks like for me. Um, I don't think we really said this outright yet, but I did completely go off social media, completely unplugged for the entire month I was off. That's why I scheduled all my posts. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was completely unplugged from social for 30 days, 31 days, actually. Um, (laughs) And again, thought that that was going to be really hard. It actually was amazing. And I'm a better human when I'm not on social media. I could go on about that forever. I won't. But um, but as I walked back into work after, you know, proverbially, right, like across my hallway and into my office, <laughs> as I, you know, tiptoed back into my work schedule on November 1st, I... Uh, committed to finding what that blend looked like. And initially I was hit with all the noise and it was the first few days were really rocky for me because I went from so quiet and calm and relaxed to, oh my goodness, there's so many messages and noises and emails and notifications and all this stuff coming at me. And I just, oh, I wasn't, it was it was just insane. It's like taking someone that lives in the country and putting them in the middle of Times Square and expecting them not to freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I was just, I, it was pretty rocky those first few days, but then that made me that much more aware of how noisy my days could be if I'm not careful about this stuff. And so I've been uh, navigating where those boundaries are. I've been um, utilizing, I don't know if, if you have an iPhone, the latest iOS update gives you um, an option to create a downtime schedule on your phone um, where it limits your your access to all of your apps during downtime. And you can also limit access to different apps throughout the day. And while I hate that function because it kicks me off way earlier than I want to be on, <laughs> than I want to be kicked off. It's, I also love the function. It's, we have a love hate relationship right now, but I've been utilizing that, um, to, to just help me be more conscious of where I'm spending my time 
and the amount of noise I'm letting into my life. Because I really like the quiet. The quiet is so nice. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) Um, And so that's where I'm at right now. And I intend to take, what I'm really dreaming about right now is I intend to take another month off in 2019 without a big reason. Because this time it was easy to justify, right? Like I'm getting married. I'm going on a honeymoon. Ah, Like, okay. But what does it look like to take a month off without that big reason? And could that be a thing? Like, could I empower people to do that too? Which I think could be super cool because we all need it. We all need the rest, regardless of if you're getting married, going on a trip, um, have been working for a million years or not. Like we all need it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And I see that as just another opportunity to practice and figure out what this blend looks like for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. I think the quiet is such a great place to be. Um, One of the things I always teach is to turn off your notifications and just be intentional about checking in to, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, because it can feel bombarding. I liked the analogy Mm -hmm. you used of um, being in the middle of Times Square. That is perfect for how it feels sometimes with all of the noise online. Um, And, you know, we can show up, we can be there, but we don't always have to be there. We can choose to. And I think that's part of your message. I really love, and I'm hoping to shout it loud and wide so everyone else can (laughs) get in on that goodness too. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, no worries. So how do we connect with you online? Where do we find you? Okay. So the main hub and the very, very first thing that I want you to do is go to marketingpersonalities.com. Go find out what your marketing personality type is so you can find what your best marketing strategy includes. That's, that's what I provide. Um, and then from there, you, uh, you can find me on all the socials, but go there first. That's like, that's where you're going to get the best stuff. And then you can come hang out with me on Instagram because Instagram's my fave. Me too. I'm loving stories lately. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.